0: Jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily DAF Differently. I'm Rabbi Danny Nevins, and we'll be studying today from Tractate Eruvim, page 18, DAF Yudchet Ahmed Aleph and Ahmed Bet. In fact, we're going to peek back at 17b, where we'll find a Mishnah that sets us off onto our discussion. Tractate Eruvin, as we've seen, is filled with very technical conversations about the construction of special spaces to allow for a minimal amount of carrying on Shabbat. However, mingled in with these rather dry discussions are some remarkable agadot, and today, or legends, and we're going to look at some of those uh, today. The Mishnah, with which chapter 2 of the tractate begins, says, "Osin mm-hmm. um, You make sort of a boundary line, around a well. According to Rabbi Meir, the way to do this is that if you've got a well in a field, let's say, that you create four corner posts around the well. Um, Each post is sort of a two-sided affair so that you have sort of the shape of a square um, indicated around the well. However, there's going to be open space uh, between the different um, posts, And in this way, um, you've sort of demarcated a Rishut HaYachid, a private space, around the well. And you can draw water out of the well, pour it into a trough, and bring in your animals who are going to um, draw from the water and drink on Shabbat. According to Rabbi Meir, you need four of these posts that are each doubled. Sorry, according to Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Meir, Shmona nirin kishne masar. And so he says, actually, what you want is um, a set of eight posts, four doubled corner posts so they look like eight because it's two planks each, and then four simple posts in between them, arbaadiomadin ba arba apishutim. Each of these posts will be ten handbreadths in height, and there'll be enough space in between them for the animals to come through and to drink from the water. We can go into great detail here, but we're just gonna pause and look at that strange word for the double post, Diomadin. Diomedin is not a known word to us. It's understood by the rabbis in the Talmud to refer to some sort of a double-sided post. Um, In all likelihood, the Mishnah, which was after all written in the land of Israel when Greek was still a um, a spoken language, the rabbis of the Mishnah, the Tanaim, knew this word Diomedin. Maybe it's from Didonomus, which which means twins, Um, not so clear. But what is clear is that later on in Babylonia the Amoraim, the later rabbis for whom Greek was no longer a, um, a living language, um, liked to make word plays. And so what they said was the Dio they knew was still a Greek prefix meaning two, and then they connected it um, to the word Omdim, which means sort of upright pillar. And so they were saying that diomdim means upright pillars. Uh, it's sort of a minor point. But because we've already said this thing about the Greek pre- prefix dio, they continue on to discuss other words which include that Greek prefix in a Hebrew or Arabic context. In the Gemara, on page 18a, it is Rabbi Yirmiyah, the son of Elazar, Yirmiyah ben Elazar, who makes this etymology a folk etymology. My diumadin. What is a diumadin? Dio amudim. Two posts. And then what happens for the next two pages of the Talmud is a long series of agadot brought in the name of Rabbi Yirmiyah ben Elazar. Sometimes the architecture of the Talmudic page is um, by subject. Uh, We we take a subject and we keep exploring it until we've examined every aspect. But sometimes the architecture is based on the names of the people involved. In this case, it's Rabbi uh, Yirmiyah ben Elazar who gives us our structure. I'm just going to share with you some of the wonderful stories that we have here. One of the most famous ones is um, a few lines later, in which it says, The first human being was created with two faces. He had a face in the front and the face in the back. Um, This is sort of this androgynous or Janus-faced creature that um, apparently was male and female on each side. Now, there's a verse associated uh, to prove Rabbi Yirmiyab Ben-Elezar's point. and this verse says achor bekedem Tsartani, um, that you, God, have made me um, with a front and with a back. Right, so this um, strange verse uh, from Psalms uh, is not so clear what it means, to be created with a front and a back. So, according to the first opinion, you've got the idea that the human being had uh, full features, that is, facial features, in both the front and the back. But now the Gemara makes it a little bit more complicated. Ketiv v'yivin Hashem There's this other verse in which it says that the Lord God took the, uh, the side of Adam, what we commonly in English call Adam's rib, and built it up into another creature who was called Chava, or Eve. And now the Gemara preserves a debate between Rav and Shmuel, the first generation Amoraim. Chadamar Mar Partzuf, Chadamar Zanav. We don't know which one had which position, but one of these early rabbis felt that the um, the Tzela, the side, was referring to the other face. So in other words, God sort of split this these uh, um, Siamese twins of Adam and Eve in part and made them into spilt them both into separate creatures. Whereas the other person said it was a tail that Adam had a tail, not a face on the back, and that tail was uh, cut off and built up into a, um, into a full body, into a full person. Now the Gemara uses a very common uh, technique of the bishlama ella. Uh, I know that this series isn't teaching you um, all of the terminology of the, the Talmud, but this is a good one to know. Bishlama ela uh, means it works for this person it's shalom, it's peaceful, it's hall and complete for position A. Ella, however, for position B, it's not. And we've got a whole series now of objections raised to the claim that, it, that Adam had a tail, which was built up into the woman. Later on, just to be fair, it reverses direction. It says it makes sense that it was a tail and not a face and it goes in the other direction. In each case, you've got sort of a response. We don't have time to go through them in detail, um, but there are some interesting things that are worth uh, mentioning along the way. One of them is that the word um, for God made the um, the woman, the that God created this woman, is spelled with two yuds. Grammatically, it's not a problem, but the rabbis see an opportunity. The two yuds could imply that the creature had two faces, and thus support the um, the argument that Adam Harishon, the first human, um, had two sides. There was a male side and a female side. But the other position, which doesn't have the two face theory, what is it's go- it going to do with the second Yud? And here we bring in the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, um, who said, "Oili miyitzri, oili mi Um I'm going to have trouble either way," said Adam. Um, either from my yetzer, my evil inclination, my desires because if I follow my desires, I'll be in trouble with God. Or from Yotsri, my creator, if I follow my desires, I'll be in trouble with God. But if I follow God, then I'll have struggles with my desire. And so, uh, according to that opinion, the human being was created with internal conflict. We might say between the id, um, the desire, the, the assertion side of our of our personality and the superego, the, the force of morality which is trying to control uh, our behavior At the top of 18b the rabbis discuss how um, the woman was created in a different shape than the man um, and she was from the way they saw it, designed to look sort of like a cellar for fruit Thin on the top to receive the fruit and wide at the bottom to store it, so too the woman was created to store um, to store the child uh, as it developed within her. Um, that's okay, I guess. But um, but the, the rabbis say something really quite lovely. They notice that in the book of Genesis, it says that God, having built up this rib or whatever the side is into Chava, brings her to Adam, and it says Milamed Shasa Kadosh Shushvinut Harishon. It says that the Holy One, that is God, became sort of the uh, attendant, the wedding attendant for Adam. Mikan the shi'aseh shushvinut l'katan Um, You know, this indicates that, um, that even if you're really important, even if you think you're a big shot, you should never um, hesitate to help somebody else celebrate their wedding. And so um, that's a very beautiful uh, passage that comes from here. Then the rabbis speak about desire a bit more and they warn um, rabbis not to walk behind women. This is all part of the story of if the man and woman were built together, which side of them uh, walked first? They said it must have been the male side because men aren't supposed to walk behind women unless they have improper thoughts. Okay, we're going to move on to the end of 18b. Um, another story told in the name of Rabbi Yirmiyab ben Elazar. He says that. It says that you know what Adam had a lot of uh, demon children, devil babies, um, before he finally um, conceived with Eve. And they they quote a verse that says that the the that he lived for a hundred and thirty years. And only then did he have a child who looked like him. This implies that until this point he had other types of uh, descendants, who were apparently different types of, um, of demons. Uh, but then that's attacked, this uh, concept is attacked by Rabbi Meir, or in the name of Rabbi Meir, who says that Adam Rishon was a Hasid Gadol, he was a great uh, righteous person, and attacks this concept. Um, they, we go through story after story. Um, that don't really have all that much to do with one another. They're quite lovely, though. But I'd like to finish um, our study for today um, with a beautiful passage, again in the name of Verbi, uh, Yermiah ben Elazar. Um, it says that any home which uh, has Torah heard in its walls at night, Shuv Eno Nechrav, will never be destroyed. Um, uh, quoting from an obscure verse from Job, Um, Someone who sings at night, that is, sings words of Torah, um, will never again have their home be uh, destroyed. And then the same rabbi says this other remarkable thing. Uh, He says, Once the, um, the temple was destroyed, the relationship to God fundamentally changed. And to, when there was still a temple, we referred to God with the full name yud Vavhe, which was pronounced out loud in the temple on Yom Kippur. <clears throat> but since then, we refer to God in a shortened way because the book of Psalms, Psalm 150, ends with kol ha-neshama, ya. Let everyone praise ya, yud So instead of referring to God as Yud-Heh, Vav-Heh, we just have half of God's name, hallelujah. Um, And so what we've got here is a description of a world which is diminished in many ways from what we once had. And yet there is still the gift of of kiyum, of of continued existence, as long as we can preserve Torah, uh, not only in the daytime, not only when it's easy, but also in the night, also in the times when we're tired, or perhaps nights standing in for exile and depression, when times are difficult for us, and we study Torah, it becomes the source of hope and it prevents us ever from being destroyed. May our study of Torah give us strength and give us preservation and that for our communities and for our children as well, it sustain us for many years. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead. Available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.